Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Man, We're Too Old for This, here on the Nerd Eternal Network. I'm your host, the experience of some called Jason, and with me today as usual is... CDL113, the droid you're looking for, and the Todd Bottle. And today we're going to talk about replacements, specifically in comics, uh, when they'll swap out an old favorite with some new character, uh... If you listen to us much, I'm sure you've heard us complain about Foster Thor a little while back. Uh, but today we're going to try to concentrate on times they've done that that we enjoyed it. Uh, Hatred of knockoffs is well known. Yes, yes. But every now and then they tell a good story doing it, even though, even if, but even if you enjoy it, you go into it knowing it's going to be temporary. But so we've all picked out, you know. Either our favorite or at least one we really like. Uh, I'll kick it off with... Uh, see, this was back from oh, 90, 91, 92, something like that. In Thor, they brought in a character named Eric Masterson. He started off as just a supporting character. Uh, right through there, you had Thor running around without being able to change back and forth. So, I think S.H.I.E.L.D. helped him come up with a secret identity or something. But it was just, you know, him walking around in his store in regular clothes. Uh, after a while, something happened. He wound up merged with, with Eric Masterson. So then, you know, he'd be Eric Masterson. Bad crap would go down. He'd swap, basically swap places with Thor. Well, the trick is, Thor had, Thor had murdered Loki. Well, that Thor, that's the trick. Thor got himself banished. Yeah. And then you just had Eric Masterson with the powers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they didn't change... He wasn't one where they drastically changed his suit. Uh, you know, the boots were different, and he had a little mask portion on his helmet. But, uh... But he was enjoyable, because they did, they did him as kind of a rookie hero. So you'd have him screw up, you'd, you know... Or, there was one fight with the Absorber Man where he just kind of let him go. Uh, I think just to minimize the damage. But, uh, and at first he was trying to keep it a secret that, you know, that it wasn't the real Thor because he didn't want nobody to freak out. And I think he wound up confessing to Cap at some point. So, you know, he's running with all that power but not the experience. Uh, it really, it was just really well done, except for the fact that no matter how long he was doing it, he never really seemed to get over the rookie hero part. Even when Thor came back and he got a separate weapon and was his own character, he still didn't seem to develop. It was almost like uh, that hero guy from the show Heroes. It's like he ought to be better than he is, but he just, he never quite got over that. Uh... But he was also fun because he would have these... He would have moments where he'd snap. Uh, there was a really good fight with Gladiator during the uh, uh, Operation Galactic Storm. You had a scene with the Juggernaut that was fun. Though by yeah, that point he was already running around his Thunderstrike. Uh... They had a few years earlier killed off the Executioner 
and you thought had destroyed the Blood Axe. Well, you have the Blood Axe pop back up during that storyline. As a villain? Yes, yes. Known as Blood Axe. Yes, it was not a very original naming conventions, but uh, by the same token, when that storyline was over and Thor was back, Odin made Eric Masterson a mace. A mace called Thunderstrike. So he immediately went out and became a superhero calling himself Thunderstrike, so it, it I guess that was just how the writer was. <laughs> uh, one thing I always find interesting is you know, everybody, especially after the movies, everybody's familiar with the Infinity Gauntlet miniseries. You know, big crossover event. Well, it was the Eric Masterson Thor that went through that. Yep. And he has another good kind of snap-and-go-off moment. Thanos makes the hammer disappear. Well, when that happens, he knows he's got 30 seconds and he's dead. So you having to lay into Thanos pretty good just with Thor's raw strength. Now, you know, it ends badly for him because it ends badly for everybody, but he would have these little moments. My favorite individual episode, or issue rather, is probably one with Hercules. Because Her Hercules is wanting to train him. You know, Thor, basically Thor is my buddy. I want you, you know, you have impressed me. I want you to live up to my friend's reputation. And he tries to trick, uh, basically he, he wants to pit Thor against Quasar. He's another one of my favorite characters. So, you know. And he comes up with this lame mind control story that he tells both of them. Neither one of them is quite buying it. But the Enchantress shows up. And, you know, does her little mind control kiss thing on Quasar. Whose powers usually protect him from mind control, but he's weak to magic. And, you know, you just you have a good little brawl through there. You know, they sort it out. And the two of them leave Hercules tied to the torch of the Statue of Liberty. Nice. <clears throat> Which, you know, they probably only managed because he, he, he did feel a little bad about, you know, how things had kind of gone. Uh, and later on when he's running around as Thunderstrike, he had a big storyline go around, go over in Quasar where he, he wound up in the new universe, he got the star brand, he came back, he was looking for the quantum bands. And Eric is who he goes to for help. Now he goes there thinking, okay, he's got Thor's power, he can teleport me out where I need to go. Yeah, the Thunderstrike mace couldn't do that. It was, it was kind of the cheap knockoff. Not like Raider well, Bill amazing. where he got the full, yeah. full power package. Oh, mace, the dollar store. Best we got. Yeah. Yep, yep. But, uh... Was it that he didn't have it or that he did Because uh, the few issues of Thunderstrike that I ever read, it was always like he didn't quite know how to use Because I know, like, when he would try and fly with it, you had plenty of scenes where he was kind of landed. It's like he threw it, go for a while, he land. He threw it, go for a while, and land. So it was almost like Hulk's leaps just with the hammer. Where Thor, you know... They went the back to the ideal of that he was throwing the hammer and just, or throwing the mace and just hanging on to it. Yeah. The trick with that was he kept learning different things it could do because Odin hadn't told him what it could do and it didn't do the same things the hammer did. It fired okay. energy, but it wasn't really doing lightning per se. Okay. Uh, it didn't have any of the weather control. It didn't have the teleportation. Uh, it would sustain him in space and stuff. You know, he didn't have to worry about environmental kind of factors, but his uh in, when they did the A next books and his son ends up with the mace mm -hmm. 
his son from, you know, hearing stories about his dad, what his dad could do with the mace, picked those things up immediately. But he ends up learning to do some of the stuff that dad never did. Like, Well, he didn't have the mace, at least at first. He yeah. would use the mace to transform back and forth. But in his transform state, he didn't possess the mace. He just had powers. Yeah. Because unlike the hammer, the mace was tied specifically to Masterson. So when he died, it was supposed to be depowered. Yeah. Spoiler, he died at the end of the Thunderstrike book. Yeah. Which all tied directly into the Blood Axe stuff, because that storyline of him being stalked by that guy that you thought at the time, turns out to be one of his support cast members. But You know, that bled through into the Thunderstrike book. He takes Blood Axe out and is packing the axe for a while. Yeah. That's actually the scene I like with the Juggernaut, because he decides, you know what, this axe, just ain't, or this mace just ain't cutting it. Yep, and chops off the Juggernaut's uh, helmet with... It's like your head's next. Juggernaut was not particularly worried about it. But his thing was he wasn't really there to pick a fight. It was that was during the time period when uh, Black Tom was you know infected with that plant stuff, but hadn't gone. He hadn't gone full plant man. He was just kind of infected with it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Marco was literally just was basically making a supply run for like some medicines and stuff. So he was like, "Screw it! I'll just pay for the damages." You know, for, for what's happened to the city. Just let me get my my crap and go. Because, you know, crime pays very well, apparently. Yeah. Okay. When you're strong enough and unstoppable enough, just walk into a damn bank, just take what the fuck you want. Mm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the loans you could make with that ruby is collateral loan. <laughs> hey, so anyway, that's probably my... That's probably my all-time favorite, you know, replacement character. Into the point that I even followed him into his into his own book. But uh, who was who? Are you? Oh yeah, we're doing Danny next. So Danny, who is your choice? My choice would be Connor Hawk. Uh, he Green Arrow's son, and uh, when they have him pop up, you know maybe four or five issues before they, they uh, had the uh, Green Arrow die. And you find out that, you know, Connors, you know, was raised in a, like a Buddhist monk temple kind of thing. Uh, but he was a warrior. He, you know, superb martial artist. He knew how to use all kinds of different martial arts. And uh, he knew that, you know, Oliver was his dad. He just, you know, he was busy doing monk things. Well, when Oliver dies, he leaves the monastery and uh, takes up the mantle of the arrow. And uh, the tape they had of him, I thought was cool because, you know, Ollie, you know, if he had to get down and brawl with somebody, he would. But it wasn't until the Connor Hawk thing that you had somebody that, could, you know, if they didn't have the bow strung, he could use it as a bow staff. If he had it strung, he still used it kind of like a bow staff. And, I, you know, it was one of the things in Arrow, the TV show, when they did it, I was like, oh, they, they stealing that from Connor Hawk run. Mm -hmm. And uh, when he started out, he pretty much just used bladed arrows or blunt arrows. He didn't have the gimmick arrows. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, if he didn't have to fire an arrow to solve the problem, he wouldn't, you know, if he could just knock somebody out, you know, hand to hand, you know, go toe to toe with him. Best I can it recall, 
he was really only using the bow because that that was his father's thing, and he was replacing his father. You know, he'd been trained on it. It was one, one of the weapons he'd been trained with. But he was a martial yeah. artist kind of above being an archer. Yeah, and, and being raised in a monastery, you know, he knew how to use his words to solve a fight. If he could talk somebody down from fighting, and you know, he would. And, you know, if you're used to watching Oliver do his thing, you know, he'd just jump into a fight, start firing arrows. You know, he was, you know, shoot first, shoot second, ask questions last, you know, kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And Connor was the opposite. He would ask, why are you doing this? Can we not solve this? Oh, you're going to use violence against me. Well, I'm going to defend myself. You know, it was he was kind of like a polar opposite. And you follow him through, you know, several different story arcs where, you know, he ends up, you know, helping the Justice League and, you know, Superman and Batman are kind of like, oh, cool, you know, no -hmm. problem. And you've got some of the other, you know, junior Justice Leaguers that were like, wait a minute, why are you accepting him so easy? And you gave us a hard time. You're like, Wally was like, you you gave me a hard time and you gave so-and-so a hard time. And Batman just looks at him and goes, because he's competent. (laughs) You know? Batman knew the monastery yeah, that, yeah. that he was from because he had went there to train in some special form of martial arts. And he, he's like, he doesn't need the bow and arrow to do this job. You know, I'm the only one he couldn't take hand hand, you know, strength, but he could take the rest of you out if he just felt like it. Yeah, and I they're did, like, I never did collect the uh, Connor Run or Green Arrow because, you know, it was Green Arrow and that basically makes him like Aquaman to me. But, uh, but I did like it, like, you had the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern running around, who's probably my second favorite replacement character. Uh, yeah. I'm actually surprised you didn't pick him. Well, that was one of the things. You, you always had the Hal Jordan, Oliver Queen, you know, Green Arrow, mm-hmm. Green Lantern buddy. They even brought the old logo back for a, for one storyline. Yeah, and you had Kyle running around and him running around, and they ended up being real buddies. And it was just, you know, Kyle was one of the ones that, you know, was like, when Wally brings it up, you know, why, you know, we've been here for a while. Why, why don't you give us the respect that you're giving him? Confident. And Kyle Rayner's like, what do you mean? I've got this ring. And then the next thing you see, you know, Batman's already, you know, had the ring off of his hand. It's like, see, he could do that. It's like, okay, okay, my bad. But, you know, when, when you have them, as a duo, they have that same comedy feel that Oliver, uh, Hal did. But one of my favorite things was when they started prepping to bring Oliver Queen back from the dead. You had uh, Connor going a, like a soul journey to heaven to find him, and uh, you got Oliver sit, standing there in the middle of this field and pulling the bow. And you can't see a target anywhere, and he's letting the arrow go, reaching down, getting another one, just firing. And he's like, what are you shooting at? That target way over there. And so he he says, come on, let's take a walk. And he walks, because he had been standing next to a target, and there were several targets here and there. As you went, he, they walked for like, you know, a mile, and there's this target that's got all these arrows stuck in it. He's like, how are you doing that? Practice. And he goes, try it. And, you know, his arrow only doesn't make it anywhere near that. He's like, if you stay here and practice long enough, you can hit it every time, too. And it's one of those things, well, Dad, we need you. But I'm happy and content here. 
no, you don't understand such and such. What? And is that, you know, classic Ollie temper, like, wait, no, I got to go back now. And, but it was just one of those moments, you know, that father-son moment, you know, that Zen moment that Ollie had finally found that peacefulness that he had always wanted but never could do in his real life. And because his son, when he would shoot, he could shoot further than you had ever seen Ollie do this quiet, calm, you know, Zen attitude. Well, when Oliver does come back, he's not quite as Zen, but he still can shoot further than he should be able to. And it frustrates Connor, like, sit and meditate, you know, in my mind when I before I fire an arrow. I'm not getting anywhere near as far as you are, and you're angry. How is this? So it was just one of those moments that, I'm only you know, happy when I'm mad. Yeah. I'm it, so angry. When he was in heaven, he was calm and happy and could do all these crazy stuff. Now you had a bat. I can't remember if it was a Batman storyline or it was a Batman Green Arrow crossover thing. We had this big kind of mar. It was all you big top tier martial artists. Yeah, where Connor wound up coming in second, to Lady Shiva. Yeah, yeah. You had uh, it was oh the different. Was it the the monkeys? You'd had different classifications. You know, Jade Monkey, the Emerald Monkey, such and such. So it, whatever it was, you had different things and. The paper monkey, I think, was one of the most... The more fragile the monkey, the more dangerous they were. And it it was one of those kind of things where you sit there and go, okay, this dude is no joke. You know, Batman knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because he, he, he held his own against Lady Shiva, but only by going, like, purely defensive. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I, I would never have beat her. She'd have wore me down eventually. Yeah. But even Shiva gave gave the you know gave him credit. It's like okay, you're kung fu is strong, you know, kind of kind of moment. And it was him, you know, like he sparred with Batman and realized, okay, he can beat me, no problem. But I can, you know, like with Shiva, you know, I can defend myself long enough to either try and get away or not die. I want to say the one thing that saved his life there was. Robin basically walked, the Tim Drake Robin basically walked him and went, no, no, let him live, you owe me one. Yeah. Because you'd had a yeah. storyline where, where he had beat, basically yeah. beaten her to death and, or, you know, damn near to death and had to bring her back while he was juiced up on something. Yeah. And he had fought her one other time, and it was when he first got his bow staff, he carved a little notch in the end of it in a hole, and he got ready to fight her, and when he spun the staff, it made like a whistling sound, like a chirp. And she's like, what the? And he nails her and knocks her out. And it was like, okay, little Robin, you won that fight. I'll give you credit. I'm, you know, I'm not even mad about it. Well, he, the whistle thing well, he put in when he was fighting, uh, was it Blind King Serpent? Snake. Yep, yeah, Kingsnake. Kingsnake, okay. It was Kingsnake. Because that whole, that whole thing comes, Shiva is the one that trained the Tim Drake Robin how to fight. Because that was that Robin miniseries after... Right after he was introduced as a new Robin, I've actually yeah. got that one. Yeah, and she was hard on him, bow staff, because she was wanting him to learn a weapon to kill you. Yeah, and he picked a stick, and she was like, eh, "You still, you basically still all booed up, basically with Batman and your whole non-killing thing." Yeah, but when she, when he you know knocks her out with that singing stick, she's like, "Okay, it, this works for you," and that's why he she owed him one. Well, no, the old thing, he was yeah, trained with somebody thing. else, got juiced yeah. up on something that made him more than human. Because 
Yeah, she was your yeah. top tier martial artist, but at heart, she's still human. Freaky yeah. martial art level human, but still human. So, you know, he had martial arts training, and then he was juiced up on something that I can't remember if it was derived from Miraclo or what it was. Because but... I was collecting some of the Tim Drake Robin through there, so I had that story. Yeah. Yeah, it was the was it Mir- Mirakuru or whatever it is yeah. that they talk about in the Green Arrow books. Yeah. Well, it comes from Our Man, the, the original. Because that was, that was the whole thing with that Robin miniseries, is she... She agreed to train him, but she was going to want something. What she wanted him to do was be a killer. Yeah. And he wouldn't do it. He never did, but, you know, she never did even really respect him. Because, yeah, he didn't really he didn't really kill, but the, the thing that left them on amical terms when he carved that little whistling thing in his thing, yeah, that's how he beat Kingsnake, because Kingsnake was blind. Because he killed the black guy that was revenge on him, that was part of their little team. And when he fights Tim, Tim basically hangs that staff up and has it spinning. So he goes to the thing, and it ends up where King Snake is, like, hanging by his fingertips off a leg. And Shiva pops up then and is like, sweet, get rid of him, and I'm the most dangerous. Because her whole thing was being the most dangerous fighter in the world, and King Snake was currently the number one. And her thing was, if I train you to kill him, then you are essentially my weapon. So I killed him, and he wouldn't do it. He walks off, and she's kind of standing over him, and then you hear Kingsnake in the background scream. Yeah. Because the next time you see Kingsnake, Kingsnake has had to have finally reconstructed because she dropped his ass off that thing. Yeah. She's a stone-cold killer. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, you, have, you have Kingsnake fighting Batman in that book who ends up beating him because he had waited. He had waited the scallops in the cape. Yeah, popped him in the head with him. He starts rustling his cape, so when he comes toward the sound, yeah, he pops him in the head with him. Yeah. I won't say that, that hell, in that, in pre-52, you find out King Snake is actually Bane's daddy. Yeah, I know they were playing around with it. Anyway. <clears throat> well, it, it was either going to be uh, Thomas he, Wayne or, or, or King Snake. Yeah. But yeah, Connor was my favorite replacement character for an existing character so yeah. that's why I was yeah I remember him in the 90s I I, I liked him alright <clears throat> I thought it was interesting that he started off without any of the gimmicks but... yeah yeah it, it wasn't until well into the thing uh, there was Justice type Justice, Justice League headquarters that you know you had folks busting in gonna you know do everything and he couldn't get to his bow and quiver so he knocked open a, a glass case that had his dad's yeah a bow and all the gimmick arrows, and when he, the first arrow he pulls is the boxing glove arrow. He's like, "Oh, dad!" What's, but he fires it anyway. Time gimmick, and then afterwards they're like, "You want to keep that?" He goes, "Now nah, put it back in the case." He, he went back to his standard, you know, bladed and blunted arrows. Got to go with what you know. Yeah. All right, Ty. What do we got? My guy is Mister Terrific. Because, you know, I hate knockoffs. But he's one of them that I didn't know he was a knockoff <laughs> when I first saw him. So I was like, oh, he's cool. So, yeah, I'll go with, I'll go with Mr. Terrific. Uh, created in 1997 uh, by John Ostrander and Tom Mandrake. His first appearance is actually in the Spectre. Which, looking him up, 
I was kind of shocked about. Uh, he's the third smartest person in the DC universe. I don't know when they when the hell they ever did that test, but apparently they did do the test. And he's the third smartest. Well, it's like, comics. That sort of thing happens. He's behind uh, Luthor and Batman. Okay. Uh, he he's been he's been the uh, chairman of the JSA now. And I kind of liked him because his because his origin was so damn dark. It's it's rare that you have like a hero that their shit kind of starts out with them being suicidal. Okay. Yeah, tragic. <laughs> he lost usually, but not suicidal. Yeah, he lost his he lost his wife and an unborn kid in a in a car accident. And yeah, he's like made him an atheist and all kinds of shit. So, yeah, he's real. Just kind of is. Oh God, thing I ain't, I ain't rocking with it. He lost. I was reading up on him. He lost his brothers as a at an early age, so he was already kind of leaning. Then his wife and unborn kid. Yeah, he's like, yeah, hell with all, all that religion crap. It's all about it's all about the middle. And apparently, he's one of those typical DC humans where they met up to the utmost because he has a natural aptitude natural aptitude. He's got 14 PhDs and what did it say? Eight master's degrees? <laughs> so he has a natural aptitude learning skills that take people like a life, normal people like a lifetime. Yes, he has 14 PhDs, uh, two in engineering and physics, including doctorates and master's degrees in law, psychology, history, science, and mathematics. And on top of that, he's an expert martial artist. Well, he's a gold-winning Olympic decathlete. Truthfully, reading his bio here, it felt like some white person was guilty about how shitty black characters tend to be, so they lumped all the shit that should have been like on multiple characters into one dude. This motherfucker's perfect. What he sounds like is an old-school pulp character. Hey, he sounds like Dr. Savage or some of them. Yeah, Tom, he does sound kind of Tom Strong. Well, considering, you know, the original Mr. Terrific was kind of that, you know, he was kind of like your golden boy, you know, fair play, you know, but, you know, he would beat a Nazi. Yeah, the crossover I saw was the two of them beating the little shit out of Clan. I think that's when I became a fan of the character. They had some time story yeah. in GSA. It was like, yeah, he dumped him in the middle of a cross burning. Well, it's going to be special. Yeah, he's going to beat the little shit out of him. Like, this is the dude I can get behind. Yeah. Well, getting back to his origin, uh, you never did finish, t- you, you never did finish, t- you, you mentioned him being suicidal and popping up in the Spectre, but you never did say how those things intersected. Oh, uh, he, he's met by the Spectre who told him about Terry Sloan, the original Mr. Terrific, and he was inspired by Sloan's life story. So that's what caused him to basically go, eh, I'll be Mr. Terrific. Well, the Spectre, you know, because I, I want to say they conversed on a bridge that he was thinking about jumping off of. My thing is, well, like I said, I was I was late to the character. The mm. character was already well in JSA before I ever ran into him, so it's not one I can say that I saw him from the beginning. But uh, Though, though reading that, it makes me wonder, how the hell do you still not believe in God and you've talked to the Spectre? Yeah, yeah. 
that's you know that's that's kind of Tony Stark, and I don't believe in God. Uh, how long in the hell you been on a team with Thor and Hurt? Yeah, yeah, they're God. You know, you sit there and go, that's just another dimension. Oh, technically, heaven may be another dimension. God. <clears throat> Well, the, the trick was, uh, and it may have even been the bridge his wife died on, I forget, but the Spectre talks to him, and the reason he tells him about Terry Sloan is Terry Sloan was suicidal at one point. Was he? Yeah. He had any, he, as a normal person, he was always the best at anything he put his mind to. Then he joined up a team with a bunch of super people. And he uh, and he never yeah. felt like he was more than mediocre on that team, and it, it and it it really kind of screwed with him. He had a pimp. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was always Hank Pym's thing. Was he was all right until he got on the team with the Avengers, Thor, and all that kind of shit. Was then all like, you know. Now he he worked his way through it and got over it. But uh, and he had a habit of popping up in the nineties because you know terrific met him a couple of times through time travel. Yeah. Uh, every year in the Starman book, you'd have one episode or one issue where Jack talked to his dead brother. And one of those times, it was basically like a big banquet dinner they went to with like all the dead JSA members they were talking to people. Yeah. The, if you ever read any of the JSA books, the banquet dinners, they would, you know, have them with, you know, Colleagues that you know long dead, mm-hmm. or they cross a dimension and have you know, this is before everything merged into one DC universe. Oh, yeah, way were, back in the day. Well, way back yeah, in the day, you had the JSA JLA yep, yearly yeah, Thanksgiving dinner. Yep, but they would also have you know like dinners with other folks on certain holidays, mm-hmm. you know, things like okay, that's pretty cool. I know for a while I was reading Mr. Terrific's book, The Terrifics, which was basically DC going, well, Marvel ain't going to use the Fantastic Four. We're going to create a Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was pretty good because the last issue that I read of it, and it's kept going. I just haven't, with the virus stuff, I haven't kept up with it. Uh, at least I think it's still ongoing. I, th- I know think I heard they were bringing it to an end, but I don't know if they have yet or not. Oh. Uh, I know at the end of Doomsday Clock, because, you know, the JSA was no longer part of, like, the mainstream universe. Mm-hmm. And the end of Doomsday Clock, that was the big thing when they brought back the JSA. And I know Terrific was, was part of the team when you see them. Well, Terrific uh, was still running around in New 52 and stuff, though. Yeah, I know. But you, when you see the JSA at the end of Clock, the thing is, the Terrifics, yeah, he was running around. He was running around with his own team with that, and the last, the last issue that I'd read was he was actually happy because one of the alternate Earths they jumped to in their adventures, his wife was alive, but he was dead. So you had a Mrs. Terrific, and uh, yeah. and when he ran into her, yeah, they booed up. She came back with him because you know both of them's whole thing was you know my the love of my life is gone. Oh. Well, in this world, I died, and you became a superhero. In this one, you died, I became a superhero. Why not be superheroes together? So, because <laughs> that was the thing. She didn't have spheres. She had another shape. I can't remember if they were triangles or something. She had, like, the little T yeah, thing. Little but, spheres, yeah, but they yeah. were different. They were a different shape. 
I think it was triangles because she she called him Pierce, didn't she? I forget what in the hell she called them damn things. But yeah, they I know they weren't spheres because spheres. Okay. But yeah, his a little circle. Hers were another shape. But I know the last episode I read it was like him, her, uh, metamorpho, the metamorph, the metamorphic dog they had, the phantom girl, plastic man, and plastic man's son were like all jumping out. Of the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of funny how, like, hey, this is a fantastic Yeah, it was And, you know, when I'm looking at the cover, I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, this is a fucking fantastic four. Yeah, I read articles about it before. And, they were, and, Mar- and DC was basically going, well, yeah, Marvel. But, but I like their choice for, you know, their version of the thing. You, and Plastic Man, yeah. He just, you know, I, I like how when he looks at the rest of them, he sees them as a cartoon character version of what they would be, because that's how he sees things. It's like through a cartoon window. But yeah, that would that would be my pick because that was that was a knockoff that I didn't know was a knockoff. I guess it's a little less so considering it's DC and their whole thing a legacy hero. Well, also, as... the original had been out of comics for decades at that point, so. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I looked it up, yeah, the apparently the Triffics are ending with issue 30 in September. Okay. The last three issues going to be digital only. At least that's as of this article in May. Okay. Yeah, if, if you saw Mr. Terrific, the original, it was in the old All-Star Squadron. Or in flashbacks with some other character. Mm-hmm. It's like they kept popping him up just enough to keep his copyright. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did that. They they did that with a lot of the Justice Society. You'd have before yeah, before they did the big revamp and it really got popular again. You'd have these little mini series pop up every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, you know, my favorite might have been if I'd stayed at the JSA would have been JJ Thunder. God, I loved him. <laughs> Just say, say you. What? Say you love Satan? No. Somewhere I've got the issue where he winds up with Thunderbolt. Because it happened in a Flash issue. Yeah, because he got an autograph and took the pen, did he? Yep. And yeah. the original J.J. was keeping the Thunder... Who was senile at the time was keeping keeping the Thunderbolt stored in the pen. And he was waving it at Jay Garrick, the original Flash, telling him to walk his dog. And Jay wound up taking the pen from him. Then wound up letting J.J. get it. Yeah. I like J.J. just because he cursed so much. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was cursed a lot. Well, on the Nah, Star- J.J. was a snitch. Stargirl and Captain Marvel are dating, and, you know, he's the one that lets the society know about it. Yeah, it's because it's creepy. So he, was out, <laughs> he was out fighting pedos. On the Star Billy movies. was just a boy. Yeah. When he wasn't Captain Marvel, when he was Captain Marvel, he was like, hey. It's just a very awkward hey. conversation when Jay pulls him to the side. How old are you, Captain? Like 30? What are your uh, intentions here? Well, uh, I plan to see if she'll let me see her bare naked. <gasps> Please. <laughs> what? I've got oh, the boy. wisdom of Solomon. Dude had like 300 wives. Which doesn't sound very wise to me, but who am I to critique? 
on the uh, uh, Stargirl TV show when uh, the Star Star Spangled Kid carries the new Stargirl to the Justice Society thing. You know, you've got all the, the, the gimmicks or costumes or whatever, and the pen is sitting on this little stand. Well, she goes back and takes all that because her idea is she's going to start a new Justice Society. She's got the pen and she's sitting there clicking it and nothing happens and her mom's coming. She sticks it over in the pen, in the cup holder on her desk. So that pen is just sitting there. I keep waiting for an episode where the brother yeah, needs a pen. It's going to be an asshole bro. He comes in because he's just like one uh, Todd likes so much. He comes he, He's going to come in and get that pen and click it and bam! And he's got power. You, you you can't use a Thunderbolt unless you're the seventh son of a seventh son. Your show can't get anything right, Danny. Well, excuse me. You don't know how many bastards they had. had. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. I had six more kids, but they all died in a school bus crash. In Smallville, somebody wouldn't save them. I don't know what was going on. What happened? What happened to that last kid? I ate What? <laughs> I ate him. I went. I had a kid look just like him because, you know, because we need this kid to be the seventh son of a seventh son. Yeah, I keep waiting for a little brother. I would prefer them do JJ. They can't do JJ on... Be, doing JJ on, on normal television be about like the way they did me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Negan was rough, but not as rough as. Yep. yep. Well, you had to buy the DVDs. If you bought the D- if you buy the DVDs with Negan, yeah, it's fuck, 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 fucking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He recorded it. They just didn't show it on normal TV. Yeah, more normal cable. Yeah. But yep, that's that's my pick, Mister Terrific. Well, right before we wrap up, anybody got any honorable mentions? Like, for example. We mentioned Wally Kyle, Kyle Rayner. He'd be my, you know, he'd be another one of my favorites. I like the Wally West Flash. You know, there's a, there's a few others. I'm surprised nobody mentioned Wally. I'm surprised nobody mentioned Kyle. I'm surprised nobody... Well, who would be who would be your honorable mentions then? Hell, as you just said, hell, it'd probably it'd Pretty probably be Wally because I don't like I said I don't tend to I don't tend to like the knockoff. There are things that, like, Bucky Cap did that I thought were kind of funny, mm-hmm. but I couldn't actually sit there and go, oh, wow, I really like Bucky Cap. I spent all the Bucky Cap going Steve coming back. Yeah. Basically the same way I did with Sam. And, you mm-hmm. know, I've never liked the replacement Black Panther. I've never liked the replacement Hulk. You know, it's, you know. I, I guess my honorable mention would be when you had the death of Superman and you had all the others pop up. Well, I'm Superman. I'm su- would be Superboy. I just thought he was funny because you know he he was trying to act like he was you know the man. <laughs> you should call me Superman. <laughs> you're ten. Yeah, you you're a teenager. You what are you? But he was trying to back on Lois Lane. He do this. You know, it's just like he would have these awkward teenage moments and not you know he wasn't getting embarrassed by it. It was like he was getting mad that nobody take him serious. I copyrighted the Superman name, so legally I'm actually Superman. And yeah. yeah. But yeah, he, he was one of those, you know, knockoffs that, you know, cracked me up. But yeah, I, it, yeah, 
I like I said, I, if if I had to pick somebody, I would. Go, I'd go Wally. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap here then. So, uh, if you like what you heard today, like, subscribe, like. tell people about us. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Guess we his phones up before we start. Yeah, someone did. <clears throat> oh, yeah. At least it waited till the end. Yeah. The one time he gets a. Now I get tell marker to call all the time. <clears throat> Just gonna let that rock, huh? You cut <laughs> off. I don't know what you said. It'll be our exit music. I said, "Oh, you just gonna let that rock?" Yeah, the hell, with, the hell with throwing that in another room. We just gonna let that one ride. <laughs> eh, we're about done. By the time I got up and got to it, it'd probably be finished anyway. <laughs> so anyway, again, I've been your host of the day, the experienced some called Jason, and with me is Ben. CDO one one three. The droid you're looking for, who remembered to silence all his phones. And the Todd father, who's sitting there going, damn, who wants to talk to you that bad? Telemarketers that foolishly think annoying me will make me give them money. <laughs> and anyway, we will see y'all next time. Right. Take it easy. Peace.